1: Well, hello, welcome to...
0: What is it all for?
1: Ireland! Oh, we, they already know oh, what okay, podcast okay. we're listening to, babe. Okay, you we, had to, said, we had to just like uh, rip the band-aid you off. You
0: should have said, Although hey, I think I'm going to tee it up and then you knock it no, out of the park. No, I think in the title,
1: freaking I'm not going to put the country, it, put the country in the title. I'm going to... That's going to be the reveal right there. Oh, don't put it
0: in the title.
1: Well, I will next week for sure because it'll be like Ireland updates. But then this one is like, what country are we in? And then they got to click in. But what about if someone's two
0: weeks behind and then they see the name of the episode next week. Well, they week. can still
1: pretend, you know? Every, wow. Also, they don't know that we're here for a longer period of time. They could have thought, like, what country were they in that week? And then, oh, then okay. there's an island. Okay. Oh, okay. Who knows the journey <laughs> they're going to go on. Hey, uh, everybody who's listening to this, hi, hello, hi, hello. welcome. Uh, feeling good this morning. Just, you just, just
0: hit your stride.
1: Well, you, did you read the update? I do this little no, daily I haven't read journal. The update yet. Okay. I can't wait. I told you when you woke up, uh, I just was feeling it this morning. So just a little you behind the scenes. You're in a cheeky
0: scenes. mood. You're in a cheeky mood. I
1: have cheeks. I have many cheeks. Normally I only have four cheeks. Today I have eight cheeks. So that's part of it. You know, I have my, my four mm-hmm. and then I have four extra mm-hmm. that are on top. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just was feeling it when I was writing this update. I did a lot of little jokes, all mm-hmm. silly things. This is just our little like family, close family and friends journal that I write. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if If you don't have access to it, it's okay, don't worry. You're going to get all the good stuff in our recap articles that we're eventually going to post at some point uh, when we get to it. But I wanted to share uh, a preamble. To the Pramvel. Right. So first of all, thank you to those of you who sent uh, emails and continue to send emails to tell us keep doing the Pramble slash Pramvel. For those of you who don't know, the Pramble it was just the existing, like we just nonsensely talked for like 10 minutes. This was back before we were traveling. The Pramvel is right. what it evolved into and it's the Pramble plus travel mm-hmm. where we share those updates. Now before we do Pramvel, I did want to have two Pramble items. You are in a mood. Thank you.
0: Your energy is up here. Yeah. And my energy is... Somewhere below it.
1: That's like our full time life, though. That's true. Yeah. Um, first is for the cinnamon rollers. Okay. I feel like, and I've heard some murmurings. Murmurs. Uh, I, yeah, there have been a couple notes that have been faxed my way that there have not been enough cinnamon roll Chit-chats. updates, mm-hmm. combos, contents. Well, and I apologize.
0: To be, to be honest, like we're just finding like cinnamon rolls are a little bit hard to come by. This is
1: the thing. This and is the so thing. And
0: so I, we.
1: I knew this going in that they wouldn't be as abundant.
0: And now I'm wondering, do we need to start a European cinnamon roll company?
1: Wow. Well, this is a great question. Thank you so much for bringing this up. Um, I I've, I've said this before. I wanted to eat a cinnamon roll in every country that we visit. Mm-hmm. Now that that could be at a pastry shop, that could be at a bakery, mm-hmm. it could be at a restaurant. Just mm-hmm. anywhere I find one, I'm just going to eat it and try it. And I'm not I'm not like trying to say like one country is better than the other. I just wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. I succeeded in Lisbon.
0: Except for to be fair, so many murmurings about this. It was a Danish that you ate in Lisbon.
1: It's okay. The, yeah, everyone. I got a pass. It was great of everyone to just uh, you know be okay with this.
0: Interesting. I saw a lot of
1: you do different murmurings. Different murmurings. Uh, so you're on the you're I on the dark the, boards. I get the dark. You're board on the dark board boards. Murmurings. I'm on the light boards. <laughs> Everybody
0: <laughs> sends all their dark murmurings yeah, to me. Yeah. Hey. Don't send your dark room rings <laughs> to me. I Don't, can't yeah, handle can't it handle emotionally. It. Yeah.
1: Um, so what I was going to say is my my fallback here is we have a big grocery store that's by the place where we are right now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're going to have like a bacon uh, break and bake cinnamon roll <laughs> style thing. Uh-huh. That's my like fallback. So that I will have you had. You think
0: that they have break and bake cinnamon it's rolls. It's a
1: huge grocery store. You okay. saw the All size right. of it. Okay. I think Although that's it is problem. a
0: local Irish huge grocery store because they have lots of signs up that remind you that when you shop local, you give five for every dollar, one euro you spend you locally, <laughs> you send five euros right back into the local economy. I've read all the signs. Well,
1: uh, what is it all for, listeners? I present to you my wife, Caroline, <laughs> who loves reading signs. This happens in our relationship in so many different places I do love on reading. drives, walking through things, <laughs> just going by. She'll just be like, you could clearly say it's like dry cleaning, open Wednesdays. And she'll look at me and she'll go, Dry cleaning, open Wednesdays, right there. And I'm like, oh, wow, thanks. I forgot I couldn't read.
0: Well, I don't know why I do that. And also, the dry cleaning, that's an extreme example.
1: But- Is it though? Because, like, there was a taco place that we drove by when we lived in Southern California, and you were like, uh, tacos opening Wednesday. I'm like, I can, I, See, it's a giant banner.
0: Opening Wednesday. That's, that's notable. <laughs> that's,
1: that's notable that's, news. That's
0: notable. Okay. So there are notable signs and there are non-notable signs. And you read all of
1: them is the problem. Okay. <laughs> I read them
0: all in my head and then out loud verbally, I do the notable signs.
1: All right. So wet cinnamon roller update. Uh, thank you so much for all the murmurings, light and dark. And I will be reporting back when I have my cinnamon roll here in Ireland. Second thing again, before the Pram Pramvel, it's Cadbury egg season. And I just wanted to bring this up because I'm a lover of Cadbury (laughs) eggs. We'll call
0: that Easter, but okay.
1: Okay, you call it what you want. I know. Tomato, I just think potato, it's funny because for Cadbury-o. your for
0: your non-religious self, Easter is Cadbury egg season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. It's when the bunnies come out. Now, I will say, in the past, probably like ten years, yeah. it's really been cad- Cadbury egg season all year round. You can get them all year round. Like it used to be a thing where they were only available this right. time but, of year. But
0: hashtag capitalism.
1: But yeah, that so has really just like the holidays
0: out. mean nothing anymore.
1: Now, however, I, this is the only time of year I will eat them. I don't yeah. buy them at any other time. Also, yeah. because terrible for you not good not nutritious not food. not food don't know what it is um but i just wanted to just quickly go over i know you're not a huge cadbury egg fan so this is I not mean, really they, for they you they do taste good but you have the cream egg which is yeah. like the chocolate egg with the Stuff. very questionable creamy mixture inside <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's more yellow sometimes it's more white why oh, are the colors different scary i don't know <laughs> i, don't like I that. still eat it the second and this is my favorite are the cadbury mini, mini eggs, eggs. These are addictive little devils. They're and very tasty. I've yet to find them in Ireland.
0: But we've seen so much Cadbury stuff here. We've
1: seen all the regular Cadbury stuff. I already had Cadbury cream eggs, I checked that off so the list. So do you think
0: the mini eggs are an American abomination? They
1: might be, however, I remember, this is how far back Cadbury season goes for me. Back in the Irish shirt days, doing live video, I would eat Cadbury mini eggs Mm. on live video. This is you. And people from the UK would say, oh, Oh. we have better chocolate in in ours here. So it definitely is around here, but maybe it's just not in Ireland. Maybe you have to actually... You might
0: need to do a Google search... Maybe some light murmurings could come your way from our UK listeners.
1: Okay. So, that I just wanted to, it's Cadbury egg season. Uh, feel free if you want to send me an email if you're a cream egg or a mini egg fan. Man. If you just want to share, I'm always happy to, to hear about this. Um, yeah. I just, if I have you to share. You love a discussion, a discussion about sweets. Oh, I really do. Okay. If I could only talk about that for the rest of my life, I, I really should have started like a sweets pastry channel, YouTube channel, something, just just that. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into the Pram Vell. What do you think?
0: Yes. You already. I mean, you did not bury the lead. You told everyone we were in our second destination. It was supposed to be our third. Yeah, it was supposed to be our third. But if you did not uh, catch those episodes, we had to cancel our second leg because one Jason uh, came down with a tiny thing called COVID, Um, and so which was. Uh, you know, thankfully, all right, and you did okay, and we just stayed, we we took our second leg, which we're not going to tell you where it was, because we might go back, might go back, and we just stayed in Lisbon, so we did a full month in Lisbon, and then we're going to pick you up on the day where we were leaving
1: Lisbon. Not yet, though. We're going to start with the question that I wrote down, which is, <laughs> overall, yeah. we're almost two months into this full-time travel, I mean, as of recording this episode and telling the stories, we're about a month in, but you know, it's just like time and paradoxes and all those things. Okay. How are you feeling overall about being a full-time traveler? Harder, easier?
0: Um, I would say it very closely matches my thoughts of what it would be, which is that I thought it would be extremely difficult and extremely wonderful. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is.
1: I think, yeah. It is, I think for me, it's obviously not as difficult. But when I was thinking about this trip... I was trying to prepare myself for all the unknowns and all mm-hmm. the difficulties and all the, you know, just there's so many uncomfortable situations you find yourself in. It doesn't mean they're bad. Mm-hmm. It's just you're not comfortable mm-hmm. in those situations. And I think for me, the the good stuff, the things we've seen, the things we've done, the food we've eaten, the experience we've had together, that has far outweighed the totally. hard. But I will say that even just stuff like we've talked about this now many times, not on the podcast, and maybe we'll do a full episode about this, you know, after we finish up this Embracing You series. Is just what it's like to try and work while you're traveling full time. Oh, yeah. It's very difficult.
0: Even for our businesses, which are perfectly set up for it. Yeah. You know, like we have, like we do everything 100% online, we have it well dialed in, we, you know, don't have all these like extra things. And yet it's still very hard. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting though. I will say on this particular day in my mood, yeah. I would like to give myself credit for handling this and all of the discomfort of it better than maybe I thought I would.
1: Yeah. Like I I
0: have adapted better than I thought I would.
1: Yeah. And I, I give you a ton of credit because I'm not someone who deals with anxiety. I mean, I do a little bit in certain different areas. Like I can definitely feel that things are uncomfortable and it's not, you know, wonderful, but you deal with it so much more than I do along with a couple other things. And I think you've done a fantastic job. And I think we're just really learning we have to figure out our way of doing this full-time travel that works best for your mental health. Right. And so it's not like we can just go, Oh, look, like we watched those people spend five days in this city and they did these things and we can do those things. Like, no, right? we can do one day of that. Then we need like a rest day. Then we need like a rest slash work day. Then we can get back into maybe some light adventure or like this week, you know, not to share like what we're going on, but just like, We're doing a full week of work this Mm -hmm. week as Mm -hmm. I'm recording this.
0: Because I was getting overwhelmed. And so it's just, it's very much a matter of checking in every day and going, what do you need? Which really is similar to how we operated back, you know, in California, but it's different because now you have all these like different considerations, but just in general, I will say when, when it does feel hard, I zoom the lens out and I think to myself, what a dream this is and we have already amassed like so many memories that I feel like have oh last a lifetime and that to me is worth it because that you only get to live life one time and you know I feel like we're this year is really utilizing that time to create these memories with each other and, and to grow like I've already learned so much about myself and as someone who values growth I I intentionally put myself in these challenging situations because I know that it is stretching me in ways that will be valuable throughout the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt we're putting ourselves in so many different situations and circumstances than we've ever been in before, and especially with the past three years of living basically being at home. I mean, really doing almost no travel at all, specifically the past two years, and now you know our lives are traveling and, and, and we are doing it, I think, a lot slower than the majority of people who do this, mm-hmm. which I think lets us get settled a little bit more. We can kind of get acclimated. Just
0: funny because even we're going slow and even then it's, it's like... It's still,
1: yeah, there's yeah. still so many things. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of do that. I think it'll be fun to check in every couple of weeks just to see how we're feeling and just to share because one of the things that we're doing a real-time kind of Monday video with our Wandering Infant members. Shout out to that sponsor of this episode, uh, which is like a fun little added bonus that those folks get. And, and we're just sharing the realness of it. And I think that that is something that when you watch the YouTube videos of the people who go and travel to a place, very rarely, I think you were telling me like kinging it, like they share some of the anxiety struggles, but a lot of the other ones just share like the highlight reel of everything that mm-hmm. has gone on. And it, it's, it's glamorous, but it's not like that when you're in it because there's so many things that go on every single day that make it not just a highlight reel. Yeah, That's all. So anyway, we'll check back in. Definitely. All right. So uh, we got to Ireland.
0: We got to Ireland. And so we left Lisbon. We hopped on a flight, a direct flight. And this is one of those times, speaking of what we were just talking about, where I do feel like I'm growing in a lot of ways because this is probably one of my best travel days of all time.
1: It really is, and I was going into it very nervous because the flight that you had before this flight was a horrible flight. Horrible flight. For those of you who listened to the episode where we recorded and shared basically, like, the journey getting here, it was, I mean, it's also an 11-hour flight versus a 3-hour flight, so, like, that's very different.
0: Right, but I definitely was carrying some of that anxiety of, like, And nervousness about, okay, I got to do this, got to get back. But something that travel has taught me already for my little anxious self is you, I don't have a lot of time to ruminate on things like, or to plan it out or to worry about the future because there's so many, I like, it's forcing me to stay present, I guess. And so my strategy going into this travel day was like, you're doing it. Like you have to do it. You have to get to this other place. So just don't overthink it. You are strong. You can handle it. Like, you know what anxiety feels like, even if it's bad. Like, in a weird way, I guess, coming over here and having it be so bad and getting through that just shows you, like, oh, well, it certainly can't be that bad. Right. You know? Exactly. And so maybe that helped going into it. And it was... I think just a lot of things like aligned to like, I was just in a good headspace and I was excited to go to a new destination. And so each little leg of the travel journey, which it's a lot, right? You have to take an Uber. I was just going to go
1: over that. So you go, we went Uber to the airport. Yeah. Airport bag check. Bag check through security, yep. security to a lounge, yep. lounge to a customs before getting to your gate, which, which we was, did we not know did about, not foresee. which now looking back was really stupid that we didn't think that would be a thing. So now we know we got to plan for more time, but we made it. It was okay. Right. So then from there to the gate, from the gate where you give your boarding pass, we got on a bus. From yeah. the bus to We, we like had to
0: wait on the bus. A bus for like 15 minute wait. People, then you wait, then you go Then to- we
1: did like a 10 minute drive on a bus, which seems so long to me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. where are we going? A different airport? Get to the plane, get on the plane, sit in the plane, get our bags situated, get off the plane, take an Uber, then get to our place. Yeah. And like, it's it's a lot of steps. And, and I
0: couldn't believe, and I just was took each little part of that, like I said, focusing on the present. So I was like, okay. I can do this. It Like I would just set it at every little step. Like even when we were waiting on the bus, which I think was probably like the most, just because like I did have time to like be anxious because I was sit- just sitting there and like, you know, you're wearing masks and like people are And here, we really and don't
1: spend a lot of time in very cramped spaces with other people. Right, so right. it was in, even in being in Lisbon for a month, like that was the first time we were crammed in right. a space with a lot of other people. And
0: I was just like, okay. Yeah. But it like, was, it was okay. It just got to focus on this little step. And then we get to the next one. And anyway, I, the big win for me especially was takeoff because takeoff on planes are the worst for me and I have my little routine and my playlist and like I j- sometimes I'm able to let go and surrender to it and, and it's fine and other times I'm white knuckling it the entire way and this was just one of those times where I was able to fully surrender and just go the- and it was it was a very beautiful experience for me to feel what that felt like and to just I think I cried just tears of joy after we got into the sky yeah, because was I was like, terrible. I was like, see, I was like, you know, talking to myself like this is possible. Like you yeah. can do this. Um, and so maybe this year is the year that I somehow work through that because of the repetition of being on so many flights
1: also just a shout out we had such a good experience with tap portugal this is oh, our yeah. second flight with tap portugal really can't say it. enough good things about the airline mm-hmm. so far for us mm-hmm. i mean maybe people have had bad experiences in the past but just it's so rare that i think you can say something positive about an airline mm-hmm. so just you know we want to take the time when we can to shout out like it was a good experience
0: yeah so we get to dublin yes okay so i just have to say a quick aside we, we get to Dublin and it's, you know, spitting rain. It's yeah. like, so, I mean, it's basically evening at that point I did. I, or did we go out well, a little bit? I
1: did also want to, I want to mention this. So we were looking at booking this flight from Lisbon to Dublin. There were three options uh-huh. early morning. So mm-hmm. we would have had to get up at like four o'clock in the morning, uh, middle of the afternoon and then an evening so like we would have arrived probably like 9 p.m in dublin or something and like the that.
0: middle flight was double the cost of the f- it was of the morning or night flight it
1: was double the cost and we really like we sat down and we talked about it and we chatted about it and what we realized was it's just <clears throat> it's worth the money to make you more comfortable in flying right. because the anxiety for you of getting up early is not good the anxiety for you for arriving late somewhere in in the dark is not good. Yeah. And, and I know that that may sound very trivial to a lot of people, but it's not trivial to someone who deals with a lot of anxiety. So it's just at every turn of this this journey this year, we're trying to make it as, as comfortable right. for you as possible. And
0: it's a balancing act because it's like you can't control everything, but the things that you can control, like empower yourself to make those choices to make it easier yeah. on yourself. And for me, it's like, One bad travel day can be a domino effect for so many other things, and so it's just these are the considerations. It's an investment
1: in making you feel better for the rest of yeah, and it's an
0: investment in making you feel better because then you don't have to take care of me when I'm like, oh,
1: I've just started ignoring you. Yeah, that was one thing I didn't write down, but just like, yeah, now that we're like, you know, a month plus into this, I'm I'm just just like, like, who are you? I don't even know. Um,
0: So we arrive in Dublin, and it's fun because it's a whole new city. Yeah, and it's raining as we expected it to be, and we check into this really cool boutique hotel that you found online called Zanzibar.
1: Zanzibar lock Loch.
0: It's right on the.
1: <clears throat> what, what, oh, I forgot the name oh, of the river already. Uh, Someone's gonna. It's right that. on the river in downtown Dublin. Someone's gonna know what it is, Finney? but it's right by the Happenny Bridge. The Happenny Bridge. Bridge.
0: I've got to find the name
1: of. I'm so island. sorry. We're gonna butcher these things, and for those of you especially who like know Dublin and love Dublin, and you know all the, you know, we're gonna do our best. But uh, yeah, the, I found this hotel Liffey. actually. The Liffy Liffey River Liffey.
0: Yeah, River yeah. Liffey.
1: Um I found this hotel actually on Airbnb. So I was looking for we had 2 nights to stay in Dublin and I started on Airbnb and they actually had a listing for the hotel and I was like, "Oh, this place looks cool." And then went and checked it out. I was like, "Oh, it's awesome." Also, I just happened to look, I was like, I think I remember I have a free night on my hotels.com account Mm. logged in. Also just pro tip, if you're traveling and you have like accounts in different places where you like, just like log in in at some point and just check because we literally got one of the nice free. Just log in. It's a hot travel tip. Uh, So yeah, Zanzibar lock. We, we got there. It's a cute little hotel right on the river. Um, very much our vibe. My favorite part, the room is great. The layout is great. Uh, we'll include it in our video when we do our recap of Ireland and people will be able to see it My favorite part is how to get to the room <laughs> So when we checked in the the guy was very lovely and he was like hey like i'm just gonna i'm sorry It's it's a little bit difficult for me to tell you how to get to the room and we we're like what what does this mean? He's like okay you go through these doors you go up the elevator you go through this It's gonna look like a fire door that you shouldn't go through go through Push that it. door you go up five <laughs> steps Don't be nervous you go up two steps you go down four steps you go left you go right you go left your place is on the left <laughs> and I'm, like, listening to all this, I'm, like, wait, what? Like, I just got off of a you plane like and an Airbnb. Signs. And so we, we did it. And then, like, when you're on this journey, you're, like, oh, yeah, this is great. So, anyway, uh, it was just a fun little, like, it was, like, a yeah. maze to get to our place. They,
0: the hotel is, like, almost these little, like, apartments, which yeah. is my favorite part. Yeah. So uh, that was great. And, yeah, we just had basically a day and a half to yeah. be in Dublin before yeah. we got to our Next Ireland location. Which we will
1: share. But before that, this is the first, obviously the first time we've been in Ireland, the first time we've experienced what people call here four seasons in a day. Four seasons in a day. Because we, like the day would start out drizzling with rain. We're like, okay, it's going to be overcast and drizzling with rain. One hour later there's blue skies.
0: Well, what's funny, we never really got super blue skies when we were in Dublin. But what's funny to me is we got there and it's like spitting rain and it's windy and it's just like very blustery, whatever. And I just assumed that's Ireland because that's what I expected. People said it rains a lot. It's great, whatever. So we start interacting with people over the course of this like day and a half, like servers at restaurants and like a couple of people that we run into. And they're telling us that they're like, oh, They're like, where'd you, where'd you get in from? And we're like, Oh, we just flew in from Lisbon on Saturday. And they're like, Oh, did you get delayed from all the storms? And we were like, what storms? (laughs) And they're like, Oh, we've had the worst wind storms, like in the past couple of years, just on Saturday. And I'm like,
1: if the i one had day.
0: known if i had known that it was the worst one yeah. i would have been 10 times more nervous about flying and so sometimes ignorance is bliss and yeah. it was good that i didn't know totally and it did not affect our flight whatsoever but it was funny because i think it set our expectations like so low on the weather and then when the blue skies did come out when we we were, went shocked. Out, we were, we were like what yeah
1: and then uh so we we went to dinner at a restaurant called the grayson which was really really lovely Ugh. and just like the walk there was really nice it was chilly it, it ended up being like 36 degrees by the time we were walking, which we're coming from Lisbon where it's been like 60 degrees right, the entire time. Knew. And again, we're in Fahrenheit, not in Celsius because we just don't know how to do the Celsius conversion. I'm so sorry to all of our European listeners. We're not probably going to get there. But anyway, we we walk there. It's lovely. We, we have the dinner. It's in this like cozy restaurant. I will say booking the reservation for this restaurant was a hilarious random new thing. On it, there were like three different places you could book. It was like Atrium, Bar, and then like Other. They all had a standard option. Or one of them was called Standard. So it was like Standard, Standard. I remember we I texted you a screenshot of this. We were,
0: we were so confused. And I was like,
1: what are we, we picking? We just rolled the dice. And we just, we picked Other. And then we picked Standard. And we ended up at a lovely little table in a little bar room. And it was just a, a, a nice dinner in Ireland. Uh, it felt like, you know, we were very tasty in food. a whole new place for sure. And mm-hmm. the food was very tasty. And then the walk back, this is getting to the Four Seasons in a Day. It was just cold on the way there. It wasn't raining anything. We did bring our rain jackets because we are savvy travelers. It basically like sideways sleeted into our faces (laughs) for the last half of the walk.
0: Yeah. It took me a while. Like it took me a while to figure out my situation of glasses, mask, hood, rain jacket. And then I had to get a hat. I had to get two hats. (laughs) The long story about this like baseball cap because I thought if I can have the baseball cap then that might help it's like keep my little, hood up. It's like
1: this cute little pink baseball hat. And then
0: literally two two minutes after buying it, I'm in the street. <laughs> I specifically bought it because it had the thing where you put your ponytail through thinking it would help yeah. keep it. it the wind of, of wind of Dublin comes at my face. It blows off my head into the mud.
1: Right, just, no, no, not mud, but just like a dirty puddle. A dirty puddle, whatever, but it
0: got mud on it. And a very kind (laughs) passerby or like picked it up and looked at me like
1: two minutes, you're not
0: from here. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I know. And then I was so sad, but, but it was made out of waterproof material because have you washed it since? (laughs) I just brushed it off. Uh, yeah,
1: that's what I thought. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, you did pick up two hats, so you also got a knitted wool hat, so you have a nice warm hat, which yes. is great. So your your hat situations worked out. But yeah, I I think our overall impressions of Dublin, again, we were only there for 48 yeah. hours, so we're not going to pretend like we spent a ton of time. But the area that we were in was very cute. Loved walking down the little side streets. This is just like our favorite thing in European cities. Side streets. Is finding the side streets. We did end up in like the main shopping district. So that was very akin to where we were in Lisbon. Mm -hmm. But we were a couple blocks off of that from where we were staying. So that felt quite a bit different. And I also really loved right before we left, we walked and I found a really cool pour over coffee shop mm-hmm. called H&K uh, Coffee. That's actually a hair salon that started a coffee shop below. It was so great. They gave us tons of recommendations for oh, the next destination. one of my favorite
0: interactions. It was
1: really, really lovely. And I, I think that is one of my favorite things is just like finding these coffee shops where people really care about coffee. Mm-hmm. It's not just a cafe, you get an espresso. That's totally fine if that's your vibe. My vibe is someone like making a pour over and us like having a conversation. We
0: were also talking about how like getting into coffee culture is such a good travel hack because when you arrive in a place, if they do have a cool coffee shop, it's an immediate point of connection.
1: Absolutely. So you start
0: talking about your V60. You start talking about your different beans that you like and all these things. And then that opened the door for these two lovely baristas sh- to start like pulling up recommendations yeah. on their phone. Like the, you got to go to this one, place.
1: The one guy who was supposed to be grinding our beans was like was he was pulling on his phone and he's like, I have all these places saved. I want to tell you about. Yeah. He's like showing them to me. He's like
0: he's like oh. If you go to this one spot, you get this really cool Instagram photo. Oh, so He's like, good. but don't go here. Go, like, the up the hill. Screenshot of the yeah. map. and
1: like <laughs> It was so great. Yeah, and those are the moments that I am very excited about. Like, obviously, you can have those moments anywhere in the world. But I just know that here in Europe specifically, I just think it's going to be different where you go to this coffee shop, you have this, and then you're going to go see a, a place with, like, a ton of history. Not that we care necessarily about the history, but, like, a couple thousand-year-old castle or whatever And you're just like, you're not going to have that in the States where we're from. That's the difference I'm trying to illustrate between going to a coffee shop in the States and then here. So it's been very fun. Great. Um, The last thing to talk about on our uh, update here, our Pramvel, is getting a rental car and driving... On the left side of the road. I refuse to say wrong side of the road because now that I realize oh, no. that's an Americanism that People is say very. on the wrong side? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. Yeah, a very dumb thing that we say in America. Just, it's on the left side of the road here. Uh, so, yeah, there was definitely some anxiety about this.
0: Oh, the most. Um, driving in Ireland, so I'll just tell you, I'm not gonna tell you where we went, but we had to, had to drive more than an hour in a rental car to get to our destination. And this was something that gave me a considerable amount of anxiety because if you don't know, I also, I have, I feel like we're always <laughs> talking about my disorders.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's relatable. This it's is why fine. we do talk about it's them. Fine. I'm yeah. a
0: person. I've got kind of stuff. I have an eye condition called binocular vision disorder and it makes driving really tough, even though I have like glasses for it and everything. Not you driving,
1: mm-hmm. just sitting in a car. Yeah. Makes just being tough. in a car yeah.
0: is, is hard. Um, and so I was, and so that on top of driving on the left side of the road, I was very nervous but, again, I just, it hit me at the right time where I was like, what are you going to do, Caroline? You're going to not do this? Yeah. So you just got to do it. You just got to, like, pull up your pants and do it.
1: Oh, have your say? pants been down?
0: Pull up your pants. You've what been
1: having it? your pants down? I haven't even noticed.
0: Yeah, this whole time I've had my pants down.
1: <laughs> my, uh, I think you did a great job. I think we we really went into the rental car driving on the left side of the road experience for multiple hours, just trying to be on the same page and say, Let's just over communicate. Let's. Lean. Uh, we
0: communicated like bosses. I felt like we were on an amazing race. I yeah. was like, you know, we, we're, were...
1: we hit like 16 roundabouts before we even got on an My M road, which thing? is a motorway. Did you realize
0: the whole time leading up to this, we're like, okay, we're going to sit in the car. Yeah. We're going to find a little spot nearby. Yeah. We're going to practice. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. We get in the car. Yeah. It takes us 10 minutes to just like- get,
1: get we, acclimated we did, to a new car. We've we did never get been acclimated. Yeah. We
0: made sure we knew where the wipers were and the blinkers and we turned on some Enya. My favorite thing is. We were in a parking lot, and you were like, okay, well, we just got to get out of this parking lot in order to, like, find a place to practice. We can't really practice in a parking lot. And then we were just off.
1: <laughs> well, then we were it – was, it wasn't It was even that. It was, like, the directions were, like, get on the highway. we are like, like, right here, uh, okay. the motorway, excuse me.
0: Motorway. Uh,
1: yeah, so it, it was very interesting. My pro tip, just a little pro tip, especially here in Ireland – I don't know about other places yet, but we'll find out if we end up renting cars in other places. Toro, T-U-R-O.com, not a sponsor, not affiliated – uh, the rental car price was basically half of what you pay through a rental car company like Hertz or, you know, budget or whatever. This is just this was actually through a local dealership in mm-hmm. Ireland that rents their cars. Uh, so it's it's a verified company. It's a person who has tons of reviews, but we found it was literally half the price of also what you Also, a pay. great
0: experience. They just left the car in a hotel parking lot and and left the key at the front desk. I felt
1: very much like we were in a spy movie. Didn't you? I know. Like we walked in with our bags, I walked up to the desk and I was like envelope for Jason Zook and she like looked around she looked at her and she was like Jason Zook just said it back to me didn't this check any hard. ID and then just like handed it back to me I was like okay and then we looked around and like walked to the this park this how our
0: it. lives are different y- to you that was a spy movie again I'm on the amazing race like yeah, I felt yeah. like we had arrived at the like best pit <laughs> stop and they were like here's your clue um but yeah the first 30 minutes of the ride I would say was extremely scary very scary I felt yeah. very like vulnerable but then once I realized, oh, we're on the motorway for, like, the next m- couple of hours, I kind of relaxed and was able to just be like, we're okay. Like, we don't have to make any decisions. Like, and knowing
1: what you know now about the R roads, which are the smaller roadways, which are, like, two-lane roads, like, right. country roads especially, isn't it better we start on a motorway? Oh, totally. Because it's just, like, you get in a left lane yeah, and you and you're just not stay having, there. You're
0: also not having to, like, share a tight space with another yeah. car. So yeah. we've now... That was a good introduction, but now we've driven on roads where literally there's only enough room for one car, <laughs> and there's two, it's two-way, but It really but stresses one car. you out.
1: Stress I you just know. look at it like as, as just a challenge. I'm like, oh, well, there's two of us. What do we do here? What, got i got to figure know. this out. I
0: mean, I'm saying it stresses me out, but I feel like I've done really well, and I've gotten adjusted to it yeah. pretty fantastically. So. All right. That
1: wraps up the Pramvel. As we've said in previous episodes, it's going to be about 30 minutes of Pramvel. No, no. This is what we've said. This okay. is how we set this up. It's like 30 minutes of Pramvel and sharing our travel adventures, because that's most of our life right now. And the 30 minutes of getting into a helpful topic. Great. So now, literally exactly 30 minutes into this, wow. let's get into a helpful topic.
0: Okay. So this episode, we, again, we're continuing our Embracing You series. If you haven't tuned into our other previous Embracing You episodes, it's just all about the fact that there is no one-size-fits-all model for running your business and living your life. We're all different human beings with different desires, and so we really want to encourage people to embrace what makes them unique in all different aspects. And so this episode specifically is about decision making, which I don't feel like I like hear a lot of podcasts and things talk about that, but our Waymers all the time are being confronted with these big decisions in yeah. life. Like, oh, should I go back to school? Should I not? Or should I move to this place or should I not? Or, or I have a client I... business
1: and I want to try and pivot to products. Right. Like That's one of the things we hear people talk about all the time.
0: And so we just wanted to do an entire episode about how we think about decision making, how you can... Um, you know, think about it when you get confronted with one of these like forks in the road.
1: Yeah. And hopefully this series, these past couple episodes specifically are really helping you to just take a deeper look at all of the existing assumptions that you have about doing something a certain way mm-hmm. and going, Oh, that's not actually the way that works best for me in my situation. That's just a way that I've heard someone say I should do. And that's, that's really, I think the core of this, we're trying to challenge all the shoulds right. in the series, because that's what we have done <clears throat> for the past couple of years. I just get choked up when I talk about <laughs> challenging the shoulds. Uh, but that, that's what has really led us to the place where we are now. And I think that's something that, you know, we're just trying to help shine a light on a lot of these different topics so that we can go through them.
0: Yeah. And I think it's all about also, uh not necessarily looking outside of yourself for advice and embracing your own like inner wisdom. That's what I think it's about, especially when it comes to decision-making because the thing about the thing about decision-making is that immediately when you are confronted with like a big life decision, you go to look for advice, right? And people love to give advice. But the thing that I really want to talk about is that all advice can be bad advice for the wrong person at the wrong time. Yeah. And so even well-meaning advice is like, if it's not tailored to the person who's receiving it, it's bad advice. Yeah,
1: for sure. And I mean, we've had this come up with different people who've joined wandering aimfully and different people who've emailed us and been on our email us and they'll be like, Hey, um, I started an Etsy shop and I'm looking for some advice on like this, this, and this like, well, we could give you some advice, but like we've never had an Etsy shop, so we're not the people to go to. And I think one thing that's changed for us in the past couple of years is just not trying to pretend like we're a thought leader in all areas of life because mm-hmm. we can pontificate about something and like, oh, we can pretend that we know and like here's some advice from something else that might work. And instead of just being honest and being like, we don't know, yeah, and that's okay. And we would like to point you in the direction of someone who does so that you can get the specific advice that might work for you not just some generic advice that makes us feel like we're giving you some helpful thoughts. Will you pull that cord? You're making me a little nervous here. Sure. Thank
0: you. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good point. But really what I think of when I think of what I was saying about bad advice is sometimes we go to people for advice and they'll say things that are these like blanket absolute statements just based on whatever their experience is, right? So they'll say like, oh, you just, you got to push, you got to push through, you got to follow through with everything that you do.
1: Yeah.
0: Or they'll say like, oh, you know, everyone needs to go to college. Like college is a must, is a non-negotiable. Or they'll say like renting a house is a waste of money. You need to buy a house, right? Those are all advice that people would give that would help you make a big decision in all of those areas. But if you, depending on your life circumstances that would be very bad adbi- advice for certain people like for example if you if you tell someone to push through because you value perseverance and that's like a core trait of yours and what you're t- actually saying is someone who is engaging in something that is damaging to their mental health or physical health telling them to push through that and to you know finish it at all costs is not helpful
1: right and and i think that's the thing about giving advice especially when people are asking for advice like they're coming to you kind of with like their arms open and just like looking for you to help them And not realizing, like, you can give somebody some really bad advice without knowing the full context of their life and what they're going through and what's going on. And I think that's some of the nuance that we really try and find when people are asking for us, you know, for anything. It should be like, well, hold on. Before I give you any answer, especially an answer that worked for us because we're two people who have our own set of circumstances, like, where are you coming from? Like, what's going on in your life? And, And again, like, are we the right people for you to be getting any of this advice from? And anybody who's listening to this, it's, If you're getting advice from anybody, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, like wherever, searching things on Google, just make sure that wherever that advice is coming from it, that person has like some sort of lens around the way that you see the world or you interact with the world because it just might not be the right fit.
0: That and I think the whole point is to then point it back on yourself and to go, you know what? Other people do not have better answers for your life compared to you. Like ultimately, I know, I know we do this thing when we have, when we're confronted with a big decision where it's like, we almost, we go to other people because we don't want the weight of the responsibility of making the choice. Right. Because then at the end of the day, we're the ones who we're going to look at if we make a choice that we don't ultimately like. But I encourage you listening to know that you, you can carry that responsibility, um, And actually I think you'll be more comfortable carrying that responsibility the more you develop this internal compass because you'll start to trust your decisions more. And you'll go, you know what, even if it turns out to be the quote unquote wrong choice or I go down a different path than I would have wanted, none of it's wasted And, and you'll be okay and you'll just course correct, you know? But that's the big thing that I wanna get across in this episode is it's so important to stop looking outside of yourself For advice on how to make big decisions and instead develop this internal compass where you can start to really trust your gut.
1: Yeah. When you mentioned internal compass earlier, the first question that I thought of was, okay, well, how do you do that? Right. And I think that's the thing for us that we have gotten really good at doing is, is having an internal compass. And I think the unfortunate easy answer here, the short answer, maybe not easy answer is repetition. Right. And so it's, it's continuing to make these decisions and to look inward and to go like, what's best for me and really listen to your gut and like see where that's guiding you. And then if it's the wrong decision, then you live with that and you learn from that and you move on. But eventually it starts to become these right decisions for you. And it may be the wrong decision for someone else in your position, but you start to really understand, Oh, this is what's best for me. Right. And so by looking internally over and over and over again, I don't know if you have some other thoughts on, on kind of like honing this internal compass, I just think that repetition and giving yourself the chance that you might be wrong about it, but at least it's you're you're doing it for yourself.
0: Definitely. I do think it's repetition. I think it starts with For me, I think it starts with values and just understanding what is it that you uniquely want to get out of this one precious life that you have, right? And so your values are going to really make up that compass so that when someone does give you a piece of advice, you run it through the filters of your values and you go, oh, well, of course, like that's bad advice because... Or I'm not gonna follow that advice because I care more about X than that person does. Or, you know, that person cares about Y, but I care about X. So, but your values can start to be really, really clarifying. Like, I remember specifically just to bring this into a personal example. I remember when you came to me with the idea of starting Wandering infle and, and combining our businesses. So those of you who don't know, I had a business called Made Vibrant. Jason had a business called Jason Does Stuff. We were doing things, very similar things, but for yeah. separate audiences and doing them separately, you know, doing courses and um, sharing information. And I had a design studio for a while. but. Jason came to me and was just kind of like, we're doing both of these things parallel. Like why not combine them and kind of have this better together mindset and do something together and use our complementary skills. And it took about a year of convincing me until it finally came to a head where you were like, all right, we need to make a choice. Like, are we going to do this or are we not going to do this? And I was really torn. This is one of those forks in the road where I felt like it's one of those quote unquote big decisions. And I was like, do I do this or do I not? Because I really liked what I had built with Made Vibrant. And I went back to my values and I said, I mentioned this in the Pramvel, but I value growth so much. Like I feel like I'm here on this earth to learn and to grow and to evolve and to get closer to whatever my truest, most vibrant version of myself is. And I thought to myself, you know what, this, this, this idea of combining businesses feels scary. Like what if it's the quote unquote wrong decision when it comes to business? Like what if it fails? but i was like if i'm if i'm if my criteria is business success maybe this will be the wrong decision but if my criteria is growth it'll never be the wrong decision right. doing the thing that is different than what i'm currently doing will always be the right decision and i can feel confident in that
1: i think there's such a important part of we talk about this in many different aspects of our lives, but it's like just doing anything is better than not doing something. Right. And and I know that that can also come with a lot of privilege of just like we have the ability to do a lot of the things we wanna do at any time, any place, anywhere, and some people have a lot more limitations than we do, so I just wanna acknowledge that. But I think even with circumstances that are different than other people, if a decision comes to you and you have the ability to do something, even if it ends up being the wrong decision, at least you'll learn it's the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. Then you won't live with the what ifs, you won't live with the regret, you won't live with the, I wish I would have started this 10 years ago feelings. And I think for us, that's what we really learned, especially as it relates to business. Like if we're just really talking about business, it's always better to try something, have the data Of this went well, this didn't go well. I learned this, I didn't learn this. I learned this new skill. I have this thing I can do. I now in front of this group of people. Like whatever Mm -hmm. it is, there's always some benefit to it that then you can move forward into the next decision.
0: Yeah, that reminds me, I think I wrote a newsletter like many, many years ago, but it was about, you know, people had asked me that before of like, well, how do you take these steps or take these leaps without you know being afraid? And it's like, no, you do it, you do it while being afraid. But the thing for me personally is that my fear of standing still is so much greater than my fear of failing. Yeah. Like there's nothing scarier to me than sitting for years and going like, Oh, I didn't grow at all. Oh, I didn't try anything at all. I didn't, evolve you know like and again that goes back to that's my value so that doesn't have to be your value listening but if it is and if you are like me then that's just something to think about is like that could help you get over that fear of taking a step forward because you go oh you know what like going another year without trying to do something that feels a little risky is actually worse to me than just doing the risky thing yeah um so so yeah just overall again the thought there is taking the time to define your values and what you want to get out of this life can be very clarifying when it comes to big decisions, because you just go back to that list and you go, okay, I already decided that these are the defining things that are important to me. And you compare that to the big decision and you go, okay, well, which path is going to get me closer to these things that I care about?
1: Yeah. Okay. What's next that you wanted to touch on here? Especially as it relates to this compass.
0: Yeah. um, I think on that point of defining your values, then if you go one step deeper from that, you go, well, how do you, when do you define those values or how do you? And I think a big key in making big decisions is finding some type of place and time to communicate with yourself. And people do that in all different ways. Like cause some people who are religious might do it through prayer. Some people like me might do it through journaling. Do you or, think
1: I do it through Cadbury cream eggs? I think
0: you do it through going through the snack cabinet. <laughs> and I think you do it pouring your coffee in the morning. Yeah. Like these are the places yeah. where you kind of convene with your own thoughts and tap into it. But it's like you need that place for curiosity so that you can interrogate your own decision making or your own values and go... And you said it before, you said it's repetition. Yeah. It's, it's trial and error. But if you're not making decisions and then asking yourself, well, why was that the right decision for me? Or why was that the wrong decision for me? Um, if you're not carving out that space and time, it's going to be hard to calibrate that compass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a very silly metaphor to throw out there. Great. but Great. Like- Love it remember the first sourdough loaf of bread I tried to bake and it was the turd nugget loaf? Do you remember that? And it's just like the worst loaf of bread anyone's ever seen in their entire life. (laughs) And it's because I just like, I went for it and I was like, I don't care about the things or whatever. And then I realized like, oh no, like there's a science to this. I need to be, I need to follow. And just like repetition after repetition, I got better. And then I ended up not having turd nugget loaves and I had (laughs) wonderful loaves of bread. But I just think it's a really good example of like, we, even in that, that little journey that I had through baking sourdough bread, I could have stopped at the turd nugget. Mm -hmm. And I could have been like, this sucks. I am a horrible baker. I don't know what I'm doing. Never going to try again. But then like five or six loaves later, like, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of effort. But I got really good at it. Mm -hmm. And I was making delicious loaves of sourdough bread at home. And I really enjoyed the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good metaphor for anything in life that... You have to get through the the starting ugly of all of these things. We talk about starting ugly. It's just like it's going to be ugly in the beginning of any, of any of this journey, any of these thoughts, any of these yeah, ideas.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking specifically for someone, if you're in your early 20s or something, and you're trying to make big decisions – you're going to make some some wrong turns. Oh, yeah. And that's 100% okay because you're in the starting ugly phase of developing that internal compass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that is 100% to be expected. And I'm glad that you brought that point up because I think you know, sometimes specifically
1: about the turd nugget loaf, the
0: turd nugget. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought up the turd nugget. Well, cause sometimes you can feel like, Oh, it's just, if I do X, Y, and Z, then I'll make all the right decisions in my life. It's like, that's not how life yeah. works. And I think part of what makes decision making so hard is what going back to what we said in the beginning, which is that sometimes the same advice at, at the wrong time is the wrong advice. Like it's just confusing. Like for example, I think about my anxiety a lot. And I think about,
1: you think about your anxiety? a <laughs> lot.
0: anyone listening to this podcast like really yeah um that's just the one the biggest struggle in my life that I relate everything to but hey you're listening so you get it but when it comes to making decisions right when do I like step up to the plate and do something that challenges my anxiety and might be uncomfortable like getting on a plane and when do I go actually I need to listen to my body and not do this right now because it's, it's petrifying me, right? Like how do I know when to step into the fear and when to step back from the fear? That's what makes decision-making so hard because most of life is like that. It's like, when do I know when to guard my heart? And when do I know when to let the walls down and like fall in love or whatever the thing is? It's like, again, the same advice for different people at different times is, is bad advice. But I think for me, part of it, like you were saying, is repetition and always asking myself like deep down connecting to this like inner knowing that's very, very hard to describe. It's like this inner magnetism. That's the best way I can describe it is if you if you do cultivate that like that connection between your mind and your gut, it's this feeling like when confronted with something that might be scary, I can feel deep down whether my inner knowing is saying, is pulling me towards that fear or is saying, or is pulling me away from that fear. Yeah. And and it just has taken years to kind of develop that, that fifth dimension feeling, but you know, we all have it. Like we all know that feeling of like, Oh, just like my gut was telling me this or my intuition was telling me this. Like the more you can get in touch with whatever that un speakable feeling is. So now I have just, when I'm confronted with a decision that feels like I could go either way, I just ask myself, like, where do I want to pull my, like, where is my inner knowing trying to pull me forward into a different version of myself? Is it the version of myself who needs to challenge my fear in these moments? Or is it the version of myself that needs to trust and not listen to what other people are telling me and trust that I'm not ready for whatever this big thing is.
1: Yeah, and again, like, if you're getting the advice from an external force of some kind, you really have to use that internal compass. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting the advice from your internal, like, you also have to use the compass, but hopefully it's a lot less pressure, I guess I would say, to, like, rally against your own feelings because you're like, no, like, I know how I'm feeling as opposed to, like, someone else giving me advice from the outside, like, they don't know how I'm feeling, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, that brings up a really good point, which Ooh. is all- Which is also that you have to develop a confidence in your own decision-making. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes it's not about justifying it to other people. People are not going to understand it. Totally. I remember one that actually comes to mind for me is like when we first started dating and we were six months into dating. everyone said...
1: Just don't do it. That
0: guy? Is it that guy? <laughs> we were six months into dating. We were doing it long distance. I had gotten this great job at an advertising agency in North Carolina. I was working on these awesome clients. Like it was definitely, it was my first job out of college. All these things were pointing on like, wow, well, professionally, she's on a really good track. And I quit after six months, which was, by the way, unheard of because like my mom had always drilled it into me. Like you stay, you stay everywhere at least a year so you can yeah. put it on your resume and you don't want to look flaky and all these things and I quit my job to move back to Jacksonville, Florida, to move in with you, Mm. my seven years older boyfriend, (laughs) who I had only been dating long distance, who had a crazy t-shirt job, and my whole family thought I was definitely (laughs) on the right track. No, like, people didn't understand. Like People thought I was making all... 12
1: years later, who's laughing now?
0: Like, people really thought I was making a bad decision, but I was so convicted and so confident in that decision because i had this strong internal compass of like and values i was like listen to to my parents perhaps my job and my career and my economic trajectory in life is is the most important thing because they have decades down the road and they see how much that that impacts your daily life yeah. but to me i was like love and i was like happiness and i was like it was just simpler for me and i just thought I got to give this relationship a try, even if it fails.
1: I think there's something really important there that all of us have dealt with at some point in our lives is, you know, when you're up against a big decision in your life and you know what you should do. Like you know, what's right right for you,
0: but you're afraid to do it because because of of all the external. But
1: like, if you were just like sitting in a quiet room Mm -hmm, by yourself, mm -hmm. and you just said, "What am I going to do with this decision?" Mm -hmm. The the answer is probably pretty clear. You know what it is. But the problem is, as soon as you step out of that room and you get your family, you get your friends, you get external forces, you get other people like you, you get you know all those other things. Then it's like all these other voices kind of like trample your own voice. Mm -hmm. And I just think that there's something really important about. Maybe when you're about to make a big decision, it's to go into that quiet room by yourself, make the decision, arm yourself with the fact that people are not going to be aligned with that decision, Mm -hmm. but you've made it, and whatever they say, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because you know, and I think this is it's very clear in some instances. In some instances, it's not. But in some, it's very clear you know what the right decision is.
0: You know what I think is an interesting way to tell when that's the case? When you already know in your gut what you want to do, but you're talking yourself out of it. Yeah. I think is when you're saying to yourself, I can't, Yeah, you're going, I can't because, and I think a lot of times you're using that phrasing when you actually mean I'm scared because, Yeah, yeah. and so I think if you're in front of a big decision and you find yourself going, well, I can't, I can't move my family across the country or I can't t- stand up to my boss. Or I, or, I, can't, I can't switch
1: from clients to products. Like that's something we can saying on the business I thing. And I think
0: writing down all those, I can'ts and changing them to, I'm scared because, and like showing yourself that it's actually not something that is physically holding, like preventing you, but it's actually your own fear of those things. And then asking yourself, do I have the courage to stand up to those fears?
1: And like, isn't
0: it actually really possible? And don't I want the thing enough?
1: Yeah. And like, for us is like a very like real recent example. It's like, it would have been easy to say, we can't travel full-time and work on the road. Right. It would have been easy because of your anxiety. Because, But like if we start to list all these things, you know, it's like, well, I'm afraid you know, I'm just in general for yeah. us, like I'm afraid because of my anxiety. I'm afraid because of all the countries we don't speak the same language in. I'm afraid because how are we going to pack our lives into two suitcases and two backpacks? I'm afraid because we don't know the customs of a place, like the actual like cultural customs. I'm we're afraid gonna because
0: with. what if our revenue goes down? And yeah, we can't, like,
1: all of these things we, we could have written down. And I think our conviction was strong enough to go on this trip that like right. we just went. And it was again, like that's my example of if you're in a quiet room by yourself, you know the answer, you go forward with the answer. But I think your, this practical exercise is really great because you write out all of those fears and then you look and you go, okay, well, how can I like, go through each one and figure out a, a way to problem solve all of them? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if I hit one of these and go, oh, well, I don't know the like cultural customs of a place, just as an example... Well, great, I can look that up. Right. And I can I can find a video of someone who's been in this place and like can tell me some of those things. And we live in the information age where all of the information is available. And I think that there are obviously gonna be some things for especially your own personal health restrictions or mental restrictions where someone's not gonna have a specific enough answer to help you get through that fear easily in a checklist. And that's where you really just have to sit with it and take time.
0: Right. Or if some of those I can't because... Are more of the, what are my family going to think? Or what are my friends going to think? Or what are people going to think? You know, writing those things down and going like in the example of me moving, like I can't because, um, you know, my mom's going to be disappointed in me or whatever those things are, but sitting down and go, okay, but am I really willing to live with the decision of not doing that thing because of this barrier? Right. Like ultimately am I willing to say I didn't give this relationship a shot because my mom might be disappointed in me or whatever. Again, mom, I'm not saying you are disappointed in me, but (laughs) unfortunately you're the example here. Um, think being able to see those things down on paper might help bring some clarity.
1: For sure. All right. Do you want to get into how we make decisions? Uh, we've got a couple little remaining yeah. bullets here.
0: So one thing I wanted to also say is something that could be helpful for you is kind of developing your own set of rules when it comes to decision making. So these are kind of unwritten rules that we wrote down when once we started thinking about this episode because we realized there have been things over the years that we've developed when it comes to making big decisions, which is like we don't make decisions when we're in like a very emotionally charged state. Yeah. So too high, too low, too scared too everything. Like we try to come to things when we've had some time to settle into and get more connected. Cause going back to what we were saying this whole episode, if you, if you believe that your inner compass is the most important thing in guiding you to the right, best decision for yourself, the, when you're in this like emotional place, whether it's things going on in the world, which yep. there always are, or you know you, if you've been knocked off your center, you're not going to make a good decision because you're not connected to that compass.
1: Yeah, and I think the important point here is, big decisions are always going to carry a lot of weight emotionally. So no matter what, they're going to feel like there's some big emotion. big emotions attached. I think the the real clarity moment here is when external situations are affecting your ability to make decisions pause get through those take time and don't make decisions in those big scary times because you're fighting the emotions of the decision but you're also fighting the emotions of external forces on top so it's like compounding you know those things and and i i also want to just acknowledge that sometimes you do have to make a critical decision or a big decision during a very tense or emotionally charged time and I think the key there is just to go back to your internal compass and just like right. what what direction are you being pointed in the most? Because it might be a fifty-one forty nine type of direction mm-hmm. where, you know, normally it's like hundred percent I'm going this direction. But in this time, because of external forces and emotions and all these other things, I'm at like a fifty one forty nine or like a fifty fifty. Which way do I need to tip? And which way am I really feeling? And it's it might just be like a nudge, but that's enough to tip you in that direction and make that decision.
0: Yeah, I'm going off script here because that actually reminded me of, I think, like a critical last piece of this topic that we need to talk about. Sure. Which is trusting the consequences of your decision making. And so part of what allows me to make big decisions in my life is to know that I'm I can be my own safety net for whichever way the cookie crumbles of how it goes, whether I fail or whether I succeed, whether it turns out to be a bad choice or a good choice, like I think about this a lot. I think we had talked about how um, I forget what podcast we were listening to or something, but someone was telling me that there's somebody who like really focuses on the past, mm. like they dwell on the past a lot. And I was telling you, like for all of my anxieties and like future worrying, I don't worry about the past ever. And I'm really glad that that I'm you know that way because I think it allows me to make decisions because I never think to myself. Oh, in the future, like I'm gonna wish I didn't do that. Right. Because the way my brain works is just like, well, I already did it. So it's like there's no use like worrying about something that already happened. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I know that you you listening to this might have a different brain. Like maybe you are someone who dwells on past the past, and maybe that's a reason why decision making is so hard for you. And maybe this can be a light bulb moment so that you can have the awareness of that of go, oh, that's why decisions are so hard is because I don't trust myself that I won't regret something that I choose or I won't trust myself to not dwell on this in the future if it's the wrong path. And then and then, now you've seen that and now you can work on that aspect of however you get caught in those loops so that you can more fearlessly make decisions in the future. Absolutely. But I think just a huge part of decision-making is learning to cultivate cultivate a trust within yourself that you will be able to handle whichever way the cookie crumbles.
1: I think that was a great aside. Unscripted.
0: Unscripted. Really
1: great. Uh, The other thing that we try to avoid is making big decisions when in scarcity mode. So very specifically, I remember we were one year into Wame. We, this was 2019. We were dealing with your, the worst part of your anxiety. Uh, Wayne was not making enough money every month to be a profitable business. And we had this plan when we set out of, okay, we're going to give Wayne two years Mm -hmm. and we're going to see how it goes. And we're just going to do all of the planning and strategies that we can to, that we've learned from all these other businesses we built to make Wayme a successful thing. And we're one year in and I'm having all the feels. I'm having all the imposter syndrome. I'm having all the, why aren't we there yet? I'm having the impatience. I'm having the like, should we just change everything? Like, did we make a bad decision in doing this? And I remember we just had this moment where we were chatting about it. And we actually recorded it in a, a podcast episode um, called Slow and Steady Wins the Race. And it was just this idea of going... It's okay that you're having all these thoughts and feelings. It's okay that you're having the, like these are normal human emotions that we all go through. But we have a plan. Let's stick to the plan. We knew it was going to take time and effort, and we need to give that time and effort time to succeed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just very interesting. <laughs> like, how many of you listening have gotten to that place in your business where? you feel like you're in that scarcity mindset where like suddenly like the money's not coming in, like the bills have to get paid. And the instinct for some reason is to blow it all up. Yeah. Like everything that you've been doing, maybe it's out of frustration because you feel like whatever you've been doing isn't working enough. And so you go, I I just want to throw the game board up and toss all the pieces and start over. But the funny thing is whatever that instinct is, well, you had a pretty good insight, which was maybe one of the reasons why we feel the need to do this is because we're also good at the beginning stuff. We can
1: go back to all the knowns. All the knowns. So yeah. we can go back to the like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a new brand. I'm okay. gonna build a new Come website. Up with the idea. I'm gonna brand have a strategy. the strategy. Like, I yep. can do all of the knowns. Yeah. But all of the unknowns, which are gonna actually help me get to my goals, are the things that are always big and scary. Right. And and even so, for us, like in our the Wayne example, of like it would have been very easy to go build like a whole different business, but we still would have had to do the marketing, the the promotion, the, the, by that point we were so
0: good at building and we had, we were less, seasoned at the marketing. Like yeah. the the figuring out product market fit. Like yeah. we were in the thick of that. And so yeah, I thought that was a really good insight of like why we had that desire to just scrap it all and go back to the beginning because we were gonna go back to all the stuff that we knew we were good at is the building. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we would have done that and we would have built it all and then we would have got to the same roadblock, which was the product market fit and we would have yeah. had to do all the uncomfortable things again. And for me, like that's a good reminder when I'm in that Scarcity place and I and I feel confronted with the decision to like oh do I do I go a completely different direction? I just ask myself like mm, is is that really what I need right now? Right. Like if I'm already in scarcity mode, do I really need? to start all the way over? Or do I just need to push through this discomfort or find whatever short-term cash flow solutions I can in order to stay the course? Yeah. And stay the course is not the sexy answer. Stay the course and be patient is not what we all wanna hear. Because again, we wanna go back to the things that we know and are good at. Yeah. But I think that we learned a really important lesson in that time frame because we did stay the course and we were patient. And now we have everything that we ever wanted to get work towards.
1: And I think that that's such an interesting thing to hear. I'm hoping for you listening, you're hearing two people talk about this, not in a way of like flaunting, like, oh, we've made it in our businesses. And like, look at us, like, we're so great. More in like, a, we did the hard things. And what we're telling you does work, just getting through the hard things and right. sticking with it. And having a plan, listening to your internal compass, making the right decisions for your specific situation, choosing a business path that is more aligned with the way that you want to be working and not just one that like looks easy to make money with and, and doing the things that might be a little bit harder, both in your personal circles where people don't align with what you're doing because you're like a black sheep in your family, like we are. And instead just knowing, but this is the plan that's right for me. And these are the decisions that are right for me in my life. And I just, I really hope that when we were talking about bringing up this topic in this episode, like decision-making has been, my, my entire life has been making decisions, and this is a lot of privilege, but has been making a lot of decisions just based on like my gut and my intuition. Mm-hmm. And, and I do realize that having a lot of advantages gives me the opportunity to make those decisions. But I will also say that I have, you know, stumbled into a lot of things, not out of just necessarily luck. Some of it is luck, but some of it is just like hard headed stubbornness. And sticking it out and Mm -hmm. like wading through the muddy waters of the uncomfortability, the uncertainty, the non-profitability parts and just going like, no, but I I have a plan. I have a strategy. I can do this. And these are the things I need to stick to, to do that.
0: Yeah. And I think just to wrap things up here, like the, the last thing I'll say that I want to end on is like, nobody at the end of the day lives your life except you. Nobody lives the daily consequences of your decision-making except you. So Don't live your life for someone else. Yeah. Like, don't let your decisions be impacted by what other people think that you should do at every step of the way. And instead, cultivate your own internal compass so that when confronted with decisions, you will choose the route that you can stand behind, that you can feel convicted about. Because again, you're the only one who has to live the consequences of those decisions.
1: Yeah. All right. Hope this installment of Embracing You was helpful. Maybe you'll make some decisions on whether you want to keep listening to this podcast or not. No, of course you will. We will. the preamble? The Pramble. The pramble all there's of it. so much to love. We did not. We did not. We did not. We did not. Caroline was going to ask, did we watch a movie? And no, we did not watch a movie. Did we did started we watching Ozark. Uh, we the new started season watching Ozark. Ozark. Oh
0: wow, talk about stress. Which uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, talk about decision making. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, not not a great show. Again, I just keep going back to Superstore as my like go to yeah, watch that just like makes me feel good. We hope you enjoyed our first stories here in Ireland we're excited to be here uh we are excited to experience these four seasons in a day
0: next week you will hear about where did we drive on our journey not only Ireland. where do we drive
1: the Airbnb that I Adventure. found on a whim on a and whim ended up booking very interestingly our, our
0: first like magical, serendipitous, like trusting travel experience.
1: Yeah, we're going to share that next week along with just a fun little town that we found that we'll tell some stories from. And we'll be back with another Embracing You episode as well. So we will chat with you next week. We appreciate you as always. Love your faces. Okay.
0: Signing off. This is it. This is us.
1: It's the end of our podcast. You where can we stop listening now. You already,
0: you already go to the off. next episode. You're going you to the next episode. Don't need to
1: keep listening to us. This is the end. Like, why are you still here? This is the saying. end. Okay, bye.